Phantom Gagaris Mammal. This is your friendly host, Kate, with you today. And I'd like to share something a little bit special. We recently went to Vilnius, Lithuania, with the Innovation House Telesoftus. And I met with a rather interesting company called Deeper. And they basically are a sonar fish finder company using IoT and sonar technology to find fish for commercial hobbyist and competitive fisher, fishermen, fisher people. Is there a term there? I'm just going to use fisher people for sake of um, clarity. And I'd like to share the interview I did with their chief innovation officer, Donatas Malinowskis. And apologies there, Donatas. I've most likely pronounced your name a little bit wrong, being Australian rather than Lithuanian. And I apologize, this um, content is not the best audio quality in that we were sitting in a cafe uh, to do the interview, but we hope that the, you know, the quality of the um, the conversation uh, offsets that. Um, our company started uh, six years ago. Yep. And uh, we had just uh, an idea and uh, we saw the opportunity to give totally uh, new tool for anglers uh, to understand what is uh, going on in the world. Basically what we did, we gave that tool for those anglers who were not able to use uh, sonars uh, before uh, because this technology was available only for those who had uh, boat or other uh, vehicle and you needed something uh, to have uh, to go yep. to the lake. But a lot of anglers actually, they go to the bank and they fish from the shore. Yeah. Mm. And they were not able to use any technology to see underwater. So what we did, uh, we made some are small, uh, we made them castable, so you can attach it to the fishing line, cast it into the water, and then it starts scanning uh, underwater using sonar, uh, ultrasound, and send data into your mobile phone. So basically we combine several already existing technologies in totally new device, and uh, we enabled uh, our customers uh, to find the best fishing spots using technology. So, this is the story um, of the product itself. Was one of you a fisher person, an angler? Or? Uh, <laughs> we had two of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, we had uh, the uh, anglers, and they like uh, fishing. So, they had an idea and they saw this opportunity. Ooh, what's the technology like in that space? I mean, I, I've always been under the impression uh, that this is probably not true. <laughs> that the people who go fishing like to kind of maybe get away from technology or like to think that they know best, you know, their techniques of sticking their finger in the water or whatever are the, you know, the best way. They don't need anyone else telling them what the, <laughs> what the best way is. You know, you, know uh, you would like, you would find a lot of different people. Yeah. So some of them are just looking for opportunity to go away from technology. Uh, some are very um, concentrated uh, to the result. Yeah. Uh, some are just spending um, good time in, uh, in uh, um, let's say, nature. Yeah. 
but anyway, Thailand is about uh, spending time in nature and uh, catching fish. So uh, it has a lot of different aspects. Okay. And when you try to find a good fishing spot, uh, you need to emphasize a lot of things like weather, pressure, type of fish, uh, equipment you have, and so on. Uh, so what we did, we gave another tool uh, to understand what is happening there. And that doesn't mean uh, cheating or, or gaining uh, um, maybe unfair advantage. Yeah. Because uh, even if you know that fish is there, that doesn't mean that doesn't you can catch it. Catch yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. You still need to find no. a proper no. rule. Uh, you still need to understand if it's the proper time because maybe the fish is not feeding at you and feeding at the moment. And you will not do anything even knowing that it is there. But even that uh, is just small part. Is it, is it mostly amateurs or is it also, I don't know, I guess professional fisher, fishing industry has other tools, but so it's mostly amateurs and people in their spare time, I guess. Yeah, if we yeah. are talking about anglers, uh, it's very difficult to, to talk about professional and non-professional. Okay. Of course, there are fisheries and so on when you yeah. are catching like with nets and so on, so we're not talking no. about this uh, area. The commercial area. Yeah. We're both from Australia and I also spent some time in New Zealand with a, with a fisher. Angler, the angler to me doesn't sound right. I'm going to keep saying fisher person. I don't know. Anyway, it's, um, it's different. Is it, I don't know. Um, and they have lots of, uh, there they have lots of laws about what fish you can keep and if they're too small you have to put them back. So does the device help with anything like that, like conforming with local laws about showing you, well, there's lots of fish here, but you can't actually catch any of them? We can't uh, tell exactly yeah. what kind of fish, but uh, you can uh, have an uh, impression how big it is. So uh, if you are going for large fish or small or medium, you can distinguish and, uh, of course, uh, catch a lot, uh, catch that particular, in, in that particular place, maybe move to the next place and so on. Uh, but there are some regulations in some very small parts of uh, countries uh, who are not allowing to use uh, sonars at all. Uh, so, but it's a very uncommon thing, uh, and usually that's just another tool. So, what's the sonar actually detecting? Like you mentioned, the size of the fish—is it the quality of the water? Is it the depth? Like, what kinds of things are we looking? Are we measuring? So. Uh, the things which uh, SAR is measuring is quite limited thing. Mm. Usually what you get, you get uh, the depth. Mm. Uh, you get uh, um, reflections, ultrasound reflections from the objects. Mm -hmm. And then already is uh, all the imagination and uh, your mastery. Uh, what are you going to do with all those uh, this data? So uh, we have been working really hard uh, uh, to create proper algorithms to understand what is going on there and the water and give us information to uh, our anglers. And when it comes to the anglers and previous uh, question about the professional, non-professional yeah. and so on, so um, even if the people are not catching for the food, uh, the fish I mean, uh, there are still professional anglers uh, yeah. who are right. um, sporting yeah. because uh, angling uh, basically is sport. Yeah. And uh, that's especially the case in the US. Yeah, uh, 
Thailand, there are a lot of people who are living from fishing, but not bringing the fish to, to, to the pot. Yeah, yeah. And to the yeah. kitchen. Yeah. So, um, there are a lot of uh, different kind of uh, events where people go. They have uh, competitive events. Yeah. That's the word, basically. Mm. So, they are also using uh, our tools and uh, other sonars, and this is uh, one thing. And uh, for them, it's more important, and, and more professional anglers, it's more important to find proper place. So they are looking uh, for some specific features, like uh, holes, like some vegetation, and so on. And people who are spending less time on the water, uh, they need the information which is more, let's say, prepared um, for them. So they need uh, to find proper spots without uh, analyzing or spending a lot of time uh, checking the water. Yeah. So, so we are trying to fit both groups, uh, and we are working around uh, those little things which we can measure and converting them to proper information. And what was the testing point? Uh, process like when you were developing the product? Yeah, it's very nice actually. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we are posting well, yeah. very often into the Facebook and uh, I'm working, really I'm working. Yeah, we are working really hard and we see the picture of yes. the lake <laughs> sitting somewhere on the shore. <laughs> and of course, we have some equipment, we have uh, yeah. and so on, but still, it's uh, good weather usually, but sometimes it's raining and so on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but that still work. Yeah, exactly. And when we have been uh, working on the first version of Deeper, uh, we have counted that we, that we have spent more than 300 hours uh, testing on field. Yeah. So this this is not included the working uh, time in the lab uh, yeah. and so on, modeling, working with computers. But when you go actually to the field, uh, you are putting Sonara into the lake, into the water, recording data, analyzing data, updating your software, updating algorithms, and so on. So that gives a lot of fun yeah. because you're working with real uh, work, yeah. world, with uh, real stuff, uh, and uh, also data and so on. Yeah. And is there any plans to expand it into including sensors or anything like that to look at the, you know, some of the other water quality. conservation issues or you know, breeding issues of fishery? Yeah. So. Um, of course, we are going to improve uh, Sonar itself. Um, there are a lot of uh, ways how we can give even more information to our customers yeah. and provide even uh, better quality information. But also, uh, we are working uh, with uh, data which is coming to our uh, systems. Because, uh, What's the latency like on the data? Sorry? What's the latency like on the latency? data? Latency? Yeah. Uh, for people uh, who are standing on yeah. the shore, so yeah. it's almost uh, real time. We are talking about milliseconds. Uh, wow. Uh, so, and it's very important in some cases. For example, if we have ice, ice fishing, yeah. we don't have anything like that in Australia, I believe. But it's very popular in Canada and yeah. parts of the US and uh, parts of Europe, of course, Norfolk. And And in this case, uh, fish is it's, uh, very lazy. It's cold, they are slow, yeah, right. uh, they are not feeding very often. And uh, the challenge is 
to find the position and the position lure exactly where the fish is. So you need real time and see if your lure is exactly where is the fish. So the question is actually really good because in that case latency is very important. Does it connect with Bluetooth? Uh, with Wi-Fi. With bi- so point to point. Yes. So you get more range because that was my question. Bluetooth yes. is not very. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking like what. How hard is it to get connectivity if you're out? In no, you know, it's, it's connecting only phone. On the phone. Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'd actually though I'd be interested I was pitching it on the ice. how this how this looks. So firstly the device, how large is it? And do you keep it on your rod whilst you're fishing or do you have to take it off again? So where does it fit? Yeah, I'm just thinking that when I didn't bring uh, any of our products, I don't know why. <laughs> but I'm guessing it's quite small. Then. Yeah, it's very small. It's yeah. uh, we have uh, now uh, three products. Um, Sonars and the two of them look uh, from externally exactly the same. So they are small balls, six and, 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 six and a half centimeter diameter, and um, it's a little bit uh, less than one hundred uh, grams. Uh, anglers often have like little weights on the end of the line, anyway, don't they? I guess I think. I think. Well, uh, what do you mean? I don't know. I feel like I've seen like above the hook. They sometimes have those. Yeah, uh, nice you mean? Yeah, it must be. It. And I, so I'm guessing Something. it kind of is the same size as one of those. I don't know. Uh, no, it's a little bit uh, larger one. Okay. Yeah. And you attach it to, to the end of the line, not in the middle like a bobber. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you just cast it. Yeah. Initially, uh, you will go to, to some particular place and you scan the area mm-hmm. and see what's uh, what's happening there on the screen. Um, in some cases, uh, you can make uh, the symmetry maps. So that's a thing with uh, like a map augmented with uh, depths, and you can understand uh, where are shallows, where are holes, and so on. And from that information, then you already start to fish. You put uh, aside sonar and you start uh, doing the main. Work. Can you show us what the app looks like? Uh, yeah, sure. I can show the app how it looks like. Uh, we have recorded uh, during those 300 hours and. Uh, <laughs> And the other times, um, yeah, um, late. I know you because I recently went on a, a glass bottom boat and saw what the ocean floor looks like. And it, you're right, it's very maybe you can show the simulation, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, this is uh, some art view, and uh, what is happening there, uh, you can see uh, the bottom. This is a school of fish, okay. and when sonar is moving, it's scanning what is underwater, and then you see, like, uh, it's not uh, an actual image because uh, we're working with sound, with ultrasound, oh, okay. and you need to visualize this uh, for people. Um, this is uh, some vegetation underwater, yes. so some weeds are growing uh, in this place, mm-hmm. um, and so on. And this is the view which you see when you cast a real uh, in uh, device. Um, maybe I can show you 
you see two things. Uh, one is the map yeah. uh, with the depths, so we can uh, understand exactly what is going on there, uh, and different uh, colors are representing dif different yep. uh, depths. And also, what was uh, going on there, in particular place, uh, uh, with the bottom, uh, fish and so on. What kind of, uh, like, is the people who use the app, um, like it looks quite technical, do you, how, how hard is it to make them, you know, understand it, like, is there a training kind of process or, you know? Yeah, so we have a lot of videos, yeah. uh, some of them are made by ourselves, yeah. um, and of course, uh, how to use them in particular cases, um, but also there are a lot of content created by our customers, right? because they go, uh, and actually, it would be all, almost impossible to make a video about about every angle style. Yeah. Because right. all over the world there are a lot of different styles. And that was also um, something very new for us because in Lithuania uh, there are a lot of already fishing styles used. Because in some other countries only one type of fish, for example, is popular. One way of fishing, or maybe two. Yeah. In Lithuania we have maybe 10 or 15, which are very regular thing that you go to the lake and you see someone is using one technique and another person. One is uh, trying to catch one fish and another different fish. Uh, in other countries, it's, it's not so. But if you take all countries and different regions, you will find very different cases. Yeah. How people uh, and, and how we are fishing and how we try to uh, catch a fish. Yep. So what is happening? People buying our products. We find the best way how to use it in some particular case, and we prepare for, for, for themselves, vlogging, uh, making, making just videos, and we are sharing. Uh, your experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining the angling community is very. Well, it's probably up there with like the gaming community and the amount they share content and write books and blog posts. <laughs> so it's probably good in that way to, to get a product discussed. Yeah, I mean, that's a question. How, how technical is, is your audience? I mean, like, like Chris alluded to earlier, you do have this romantic image of people just sitting around fishing, you know. And, and getting away from technology like I don't know. for example we have one you know? person I think it's actually quite technical yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes people uh, even willingly spend time uh, to learn how to use mobile phones and even purchasing mobile phones for that yeah. uh, we have one customer in Lithuania he's uh, I think uh, 80 years old yeah. uh, he was coming to our office several times so like uh, he was already using sonar he says guys um, you know uh, uh, I got an update and I don't know how to use uh, the product now. Maybe you can explain us how to use it ice fishing. Okay, we were explaining. He was uh, coming back, he was fishing. Then he returns after half uh, a year again with some questions, uh, bringing some uh, gifts uh, to our uh, uh, team. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And that's really person, good. He, he before had just simple mobile phone 
Apple yeah. and Cat's phone or just yeah. regular phone. Exactly. He bought the Android phone deeper um, well, and he's spending a lot of time and enjoying this. That's really cool. That's cool. Can, that's can that's I, a uh, great way to introduce someone to technology. I noticed when you were looking through the settings there, um, like Pro, Pro Plus. So I just wondered what's the business model? Is it buy the device plus some kind of subscription plan? Or, yeah. At the moment, uh, we don't have any subscription. Okay. And basically... Uh, oh, so that's the model, the Pro. Yeah, Pro exactly. Okay. Okay. That's the model. We have different models and uh, two of them are for more advanced handlers and one for those who spend less time. So it's very simple. You just cast it, yeah. it starts sending and you see the dev and if there is any fish. So it's very, very simple. Um, but also, if you purchase any of our product, you get uh, part of service. One is, of course, of dating, uh, trading um, uh, app. And in case uh, of our very first product, initially it was very simple. It was uh, also showing only dev and uh, uh, fish. But later we introduced a lot of updates. Uh, in uh, two years, period of two years, we got totally different product. Uh, because we made a lot of firmware updates, app updates, and so on. So it was very amazing uh, to hear also from our customers. Yeah. That, wow. And, what and it became even more advanced pure and pure than I, I have been using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we are continuing this path. Yeah. Uh, we are adding the new features, providing service, uh, storing data, and so on. So I believe this is really good way. Um, I don't know. I just, I just, uh, you know, the, the the obvious question that everyone wants to ask at the moment when you talk about storing data is GDPR and things like that. <laughs> I guess you would know because a lot of people yeah. in Europe they don't know what that is. No, I guess well, I guess where people go fishing is not. I don't think it's personal. The, the <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it's personal data so much. Unless, unless it's probably more about I found a perfect place to fish. I don't want anyone else to know about it. I was wondering about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, does it, do people, does the data get shared amongst users at all? Like, um, can they look at other people's yeah. metrics and that kind of stuff? Uh, they can share uh, what they record. Uh, actually, only, like competitive sort of, you know. Uh, no, uh, we don't have at the moment uh, anything like that, okay. like competition, etc. Yeah. But uh, we have cases when people are sharing their with memory maps. Yeah, okay. Like we are scanning part of the lake, send to, to some friend and say, look, uh, I found a good place or a bad place, I don't know, and we are sharing uh, this information. Uh, at the moment, all information which is collected uh, is accessible only for those people who collect this information. Yeah, so if you record some information, analyze the lake, whatever, it will um, only be seen by you. Except if you will share. Apart from the older gentleman you mentioned, are there any other sort of surprising stories that have come? Like, I don't know how many of these places where people are fishing are even mapped anyway, like by governments or by nature authorities. Have you ended up sort of surfacing information about a body of 
water that people didn't know about before. <laughs> yeah, we have some uh, stories, uh, interesting cases uh, when people uh, not about mapping data and using data for government uh, needs, etc. But we have funny stories like uh, someone was uh, trying to find a good fishing spot in Netherlands. Uh, yes, and they saw something very strange on the bottom. They couldn't understand what's bad. Uh, they got uh, scuba divers there, uh, divers there, <laughs> and they found uh, four. Car. Really? Car. Car. Oh, a car. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Could be potentially something quite bad. That sounds a bit sinister. No one was inside. It was only the car. This is a good part of the story. And we sent us pictures later when we got already rescue services lifting the car from the water, standing beside it. Look what we caught. Yeah. That's funny. And I mean, what? What, what kind of response have you had from the angling community in general? Like, is it is it been something that's been word of mouth kind of passed on, or is it something that you've marketed directly to people? How have you how have you attracted and reached the community? Initially, when we introduced the product, um, the response, I would say, most of the questions and feedback was, "This is nonsense. It can't work. I don't believe it can work." Really? Maybe it's yeah. um, quarks and it doesn't work. Um, and you explain how it works and so on. So people couldn't believe it could actually work. Like you can take a mobile phone, cast some really small device into water, and you will get information. Because before it was only available for boats, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now really big with the screens and so on. So this was very initial reaction. Uh, some people said that uh, maybe. This is um, kind of cheating because uh, you gain uh, an advantage. advantage. Yeah. But basically, that said, people who are not angling, yeah. <laughs> those who are angling and who are fishing, they said, okay, uh, I will get more information, but still, I will need a, a, a lot of knowledge yeah, yeah. to understand yeah. how to catch that fish. Yeah. So, um, I would say that in general, when people already believe that uh, this technology could work uh, after testing, and so on. Our response was uh, really good and uh, very positive. What's next? I mean, you know, for the for the product and for the company, you know, what's your next goal? Okay, so now we are working really hard, of course, the product itself. So yeah. we'll be coming for new products for uh, uh, some particular uh, anglers and uh, solving their problems and uh, giving the, the best product for them. So this is clear path. Yeah. But also we are working really hard with the data and improving um, information which we are providing to our anglers. Yeah. So this is uh, the main, I would say, um, path where we are going. I can talk a lot of uh, about this, but uh, what will be in the future? Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit too early. Uh, <laughs> but I can tell several things which we made already this year. Yeah, good. Um, in the beginning um, of this year, we introduced a new service uh, which is storing all data from mobile phone on our servers. Yeah. Because before it was so, you go to the lake, you scan, and information is available only on your mobile phone. Okay. If you lose it, if you drop it into water, you lose your information. Unless you have backed it up in Google Drive or somewhere else. But basically, it was data on your mobile phone. What we did, uh, all information, of course, if you agree, is uh, coming to our 
uh, servers, yeah. and you can access it uh, basically with your login from any device, and also introduce the web interface to access information. Okay. Why that's important? Um, basically, people have a very small device, and it's very useful, it's very good when you are on the way. But what people do? We go to the lane, and later, when we have some time, we are planning next uh, trip. We are looking into the recorded data, and we are trying to plan where I will go, what I will do there, maybe I should do that, and so on. So we got totally new tool for planning and understanding and analyzing data. Um, so this is the path where we are going to, to work, and we see a lot of opportunities to do something totally new using the data which we uh, access. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you mentioned already that you have clients in a lot of places and probably... As is always, North America, and I'm guessing Canada as well, is probably uh, big users, you know, outdoorsy people. Um, so is it quite common for Lithuanian businesses to be looking overseas most of the time? And I've, I've, I've done interviews with lots of founders in small, small countries around the world, and this is often one of the things I find that makes founders in small countries more motivated, is because you have to look overseas from day zero. And is this, you think, a common thing in Lithuania too? Like, do many, do many, like, especially in this field, like tech kind of businesses here, ever try to just focus locally, or do they always looking overseas from day one? You are totally right. Yeah. I think this is something uh, with uh, small countries yeah. that you can't be uh, only local. And from the very beginning, you must uh, already plan how you will expand to, uh, to other countries, to other regions. Yeah. And Lithuania is also doing the same. We are really small country with uh, quite a small uh, market. Yeah. And what we have to do, we, we have to go somewhere else uh, to get clients and so on. Yeah. And Lithuania is very, it has very open economy. Yeah. We are, if we are talking about um, startups, uh, this is definitely the truth. Yeah. But also yeah. regular companies uh, which are providing some manufacturing yeah. services, etc. Yeah. They're doing exactly the same. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is there anything you would say that um, let's focus specifically on kind of the, 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 the tech-related industries? Otherwise, it's a very broad question. But is there anything in particular that Lithuanians are good at? And we've, we've spoken to quite a few people making connected devices, but that just could be the people we've interviewed. So, you know, as far as you're aware, is there anything in particular that Lithuanians are very good at? Uh, so definitely, Lithuanians are. If we are talking about technology, yeah. particularly. So uh, in general with software, yeah. we have a lot of companies in broad sense working with software for uh, the development, providing uh, only soft, uh, software development services and so on, and also working with hardware. So I believe that companies uh, are really good at both those sites yeah. and also interconnecting them. Yeah. And one final question in that space would be, um, what is good about running a tech business here and what if the, the government, the banks, venture capital, whatever, whoever it may be, could do something to make it easier, what would that be? 
you know, it's a difficult question because there are a lot of things which are done into correct uh, direction, yeah. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also there are a lot of things which can as <laughs> <Yeah>. always. <laughs> your, your biggest frustration, your biggest uh, non-frustration, I can't think of what the right word there is, but, you know. Yeah. I would say that the main area where we can still improve is education. Okay. Yeah, right. And, uh, we went to Kaunas University yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> What happened? This was uh, the case uh, several years ago, and a lot of pupils uh, were choosing more uh, humanitarian direction and less technical direction. This is changing. And um, not only government is doing uh, uh, working into that direction, but also and even maybe even more businesses working with it. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of private initiation, uh, um, yeah. private uh, people and companies are working with this. And for example, uh, last year uh, there was uh, like rising uh, money. Uh, to buy uh, very small uh, embedded computers for children to, to start planning uh, um, coding yeah, right. and uh, to show for them that this is very interesting yeah. and so on. Yeah. So this was uh, a huge success. I, I know it can be very practical things. Like when I interviewed people in Estonia, often they said the biggest frustration they had was after Estonian Air went bankrupt. Getting anywhere is hard. Like yeah. to go to San Francisco or something complicated. <laughs> and that's it's probably not too different here because it's a small country. I mean we live in Berlin. Berlin is the capital of Europe, but because of our crap airports, it's the same problem. Like getting to America, you always have to go to Amsterdam or Frankfurt yeah. or yeah, something first. So it's the same problem. We have and, the same problem. <laughs> and um, where did you make your hardware? Did you make it locally or Shenzhen? Yeah. Uh, our products in the beginning. Of course, some parts uh, like uh, some walls or, or ceiling yeah. is coming from China. Yeah. But uh, most of the added value part is uh, manufactured in Lithuania. So, uh, electronic assembling, final assembling, uh, storing, uh, shipping, warehouses uh, here in Lithuania. And we are also really good at this. Uh, we can access uh, all markets around the world very efficiently. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, infrastructure to build uh, smart devices, uh, electronics, uh, software. So this is perfect place to be. And that was our interview with our, the Chief Innovation Officer of Deepa, Donatus Malinowskis. And if you've enjoyed today's show, we'd love you to get in touch with us. You can contact us via gregoriousmammal.com forward slash podcast. You can follow myself on Twitter, Kate underscore Lawrence. That's Kate with a C, Lawrence with a W. If you have a look at our website, you can, of course, see previous episodes. You can donate or buy some merch. And you can um, also join in and contribute to the show in a variety of ways. Thanks for listening.